1: The Reynolds Aluminum Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. (laughs) The Reynolds Metals Company, makers of Reynolds Aluminum, presents Fibber McGee and Molly Transcribed with Bill Thompson, Arthur Q. Bryan, Dick LeGrand, Cliff Arquette, Bob Sweeney, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Keith Fowler and directed by Max Hutto with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. Here's a bright idea for 1953. Don't do any more heavy scouring in your kitchen. Just line your broiler pan and baking dishes with Reynolds Wrap, the original and genuine, the pure aluminum foil. Line your frying pan, too, if you're frying anything that can leave a burned-in crust. Then you just lift out the aluminum foil, and your pan stays clean. It's great for lining casseroles, this Reynolds Wrap. Looks pretty if you let the silvery foil stick up around the top. And then afterward, for whatever is left over, you just fold the foil down to keep it perfect for a second serving. Start the year right with plenty of Reynolds Wrap. Stock up at your grocers. Standard 25-foot rolls and jumbo economy rolls 75 feet. Also, heavy-duty Reynolds Wrap, half a yard wide. Make sure it's Reynolds Wrap, made by the world's largest producers of aluminum foil, the Reynolds Metals Company. there's nothing more touching than the reunion of two old friends who haven't met for 20 years. They smile, their hands clasp, they look into each other's eyes and they say to themselves, boy, does he look old. (laughs) Such a reunion is in store today for Mr. McGee of Fibber McGee and Molly.
2: Good old Fred Nittany, the guy that I and him had a of Audeville act together from Starved Rock, Illinois. Just to think, after 20 years, I'm going to see old Fred again.
3: What did he say on the postcard? Uh, he's changing trains
4: here? Yeah,
2: 3 o'clock this afternoon. He gets in from the west on the southbound Great Northern and goes east on the western and southern. Oh. Uh, he's going to be at the Union Station for half an hour.
3: So we're going to visit him between trains?
2: No, we'll visit him on the platform. You can get hurt between them trains.
3: <laughs> what I'd do without you to protect me.
2: Ah, the happy years we spent together. I got a lot of tender memories of my old pal Fred, especially in my toes. In your toes? Yeah, where he used to drop the Indian clubs during our juggling act. (laughs) They still give me a twinge whenever the weather turns cold.
3: My goodness, did he always drop the Indian clubs on your feet, Tootsie?
2: (laughs) Only when we juggled. (laughs) Boy, you should have seen the finish we had for our act, Molly. Fred balanced himself on a rubber beach ball and pulled rabbits out of a plug hat while I stood on his shoulders with a pair of drumsticks and beat out the anvil chorus on his head.
3: <laughs>
2: had to give it up, though. Got too painful for poor old Fred.
3: Well, I should think so. He must have had terrible headaches.
2: Oh, his head never hurt him none. Fred was allergic to fur, and the rabbits gave him the hives. <laughs> My gosh, I, I can hardly wait for 3 o'clock to see him again. Old Fred Nittany, the guy that I and him had a
5: support...
3: Come in. Oh, good morning, Mr. Wimple.
2: Oh, hi, Wim.
5: Hello, folks. <laughs> Am I interrupting anything? No, we're
2: just sitting around gabbing. I was telling Molly about an old friend who's coming to town today and how glad I'll be to see him.
5: Oh, I feel just the same way about old friends.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: They're friendlier than other friends and older. <laughs>
2: He said a confused mouthful, boy.
5: I know how glad I'd be to see my oldest friend, Stanley Shapiro.
3: He doesn't live here, does he?
5: No. He moved away several years ago, but we still exchange eggs.
4: <laughs> eggs?
5: We both collect birds' eggs, Mr. McGee. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> a very amusing thing happened last month. Yeah? I sent Stanley a tit willow's egg, and he sent me a tattersall's sparrow's egg. Oh. So I wrote and said that I'd given him tit for tat. <laughs> Isn't that amusing? Yeah, very. <laughs> Stanley and I have very complete collections. In fact, I don't know of anyone else who has eggs of the Lower Louisiana duck duck.
3: The duck duck. Are you stammering, Mr. Wimpole?
5: No. The Duck Duck gets its name because the female of the species is very thoughtful. Oh? She always lays her eggs while flying, and in case someone might be below, she always calls out, Duck! Duck! My, my, isn't
4: nature wonderful?
3: You and Stanley have those eggs?
5: I have, Mrs. McGee. I caught one in my hat.
3: Well, good for you.
5: Stanley and I were watching for one, but when the little lady duck flew past crying, duck, duck, Stanley forgot to. We <laughs> call him Egghead now. we
3: have to see your egg collection sometime, Mr. Wimple.
5: Oh, I wish you would. They have no appeal at all for... <laughs>
3: Her?
2: You mean... Yes.
5: Sweetie face, my big old, ignorant wife.
3: (laughs) She doesn't appreciate
2: them? No.
5: She just looks at my lovely collection and says, All those eggs and no bacon. Billy
4: Mills the author. Don't let the
1: stars get in your eyes.
2: just found in my old trunk up in the attic. Mice? No, no. <laughs> Look, a program from Frankenstein's Gaty Theater in Sherman, Georgia, where I and Fred Nittany played in 1926.
3: See, there's our names. Oh, Look. for goodness yeah. sake! Yeah. Let's see. Uh-huh. McGee and Nittany. Yeah. Snappy songs and witty sayings. Yeah. Oh, oh that
2: was a great bill at the Gaty, kiddo. The headliner that week was uh, the Irish tenor, a guy named uh, Larry Omanza.
3: Oh. <laughs> I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those other acts look interesting, too. Like this here, uh, Royal Hong Kong Tumblers.
2: Oh, yeah, that was an acrobatic act. Three young Chinese fellows named One Hop, Hang High, and Swing Far Low. <laughs>
3: Good, were they? Oh, they had a
2: terrific finish to their act. Hang High would run and take One Hop onto the shoulders of Swing Far Low. Then he'd Swing Far Low and grab One Hop and hoist him up till One Hop would hang high over Swing Far Low.
3: <laughs> Ah,
2: gee, well, old Fred loved to see this program. The memories that I and him have together...
3: Come in. Oh, hello,
2: Dr. Gamble. Hello, my dear. And a disgusted glance at you, Hammerhead. <laughs> Hi, Bacon Bottom. <laughs> Put both your satchels down, the one you carry stuff in and the one you sit on.
3: <laughs> you
2: have a rare gift of hospitality, McGee. You betcha. Some people make me feel at home, but you make me feel that I'd rather be at home.
3: All right, boys, playtime is over. Oh, well,
2: he makes me tired, uh, thanks. I just wanted to remind little Creepy here that he's due at my office tomorrow morning for his regular bi-monthly checkup. I'm not buying any monthly checkup this month, that's So just forget it. Scared, my boy? Of course I ain't scared. I just don't want you prowling over my carcass like you was trying to strike oil. Molly, <laughs> you should see how Strongheart behaves when I do lure him into my den. Huh. You Care to hear the procedure? Oh,
3: I certainly would.
2: Well, first I have him remove his clothes. (laughs) And I may add that I've seen more attractive frames with cucumbers growing in them. (laughs) 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 Look who's talking. Then I drape a sheet around him. For the next five minutes, I examine his chest.
3: My, you must do a thorough job.
2: Well, the actual examination of his chest only takes a minute. I need the other four minutes to find it.
4: (laughs) I ought to
2: punch you right in the stethoscope. <laughs> when that's completed, I take a drop of blood from his finger for a blood count. Just one drop. But he screams like his entire crankcase was being drained.
4: <laughs> oh, that ain't
2: so, and you know it's a pipe uh, down. I ain't coming to your office tomorrow, and that's as final as turkey hash. <laughs> All right, cry baby. <laughs> <laughs> And it ain't on account of I'm scared, too, either. All right, stay home, little man, but just let me give you a prescription. Uh, this is for free. What kind of prescription? Well, you fill a metal receptacle with an aqueous solution of high thermal intensity in which to immerse your pedal extremities.
4: <laughs> What's
2: all that malarkey mean? Fill a pan with hot water and dunk your dogs in it.
4: <laughs> I
2: still say you've got cold feet.
4: <laughs> Goodbye.
2: old feet my clavicle. I had the hottest feet on the Gus Suntime when I and old Fred Addison act in vaudeville together. Hot feet?
3: Yeah. Well, maybe your shoes were too tight because tight oh, shoes... Oh, my Hello, shoes. Hello,
2: Molly. Hi, pal. Hello,
3: Mr. Wilcox.
2: Hi, Junior. I'd ask you to sit down, but we're going to meet a train in
1: an hour or so. My friend Fred Nittany's going to be in town.
3: Fred Nittany?
2: Yeah.
1: Is that the fellow that you and him had your vaudeville act together from Starved Rock, Illinois? Right. Ah, you fellows must have had great time. Oh, we did indeed. I got a kick out of talking show business with my uncle. Oh? Yeah, he's been in it for years. Uncle Big Top Wilcox. Was
3: he in the vaudeville too?
1: Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Big Top is a circus man. Last year, he almost got an act that would have made him a fortune. A talking horse.
2: Oh, cut it out, Junior. I'm in no mood for shaggy haybag stories. Oh, but wait a minute.
1: Wait, 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 wait a minute. This is true, pal. Uncle Big Top heard of this talking horse who lived on a farm in Iowa. So he went there last July to see the horse's owner. He found him in the barn and got a very cool reception.
3: Unfriendly, huh?
1: Oh, no, no. The farmer was quite friendly. Uncle Big Top got a cool reception because the barn was covered with Reynolds' lifetime aluminum roofing and siding,
4: <laughs>
1: which in summer throws off the heat of the sun. Yeah. yeah.
2: <clears throat> That's what we get for letting him start a yarn about a horse, Molly. We should have known one plug would lead to
1: another. <laughs> Wait a minute. If he'd gone there in the winter time, he'd have gotten a warm reception because cows and pigs and poultry keep warmer under aluminum in winter. Is that so? Yes. Their body heat is reflected back from the roof and walls. Yeah, but what that got to do with the horse? <laughs> Look... This winter heat and summer coolness pays off in increased production. You do? More weight on hogs, more milk from cows, more eggs from hens. And more words from Wilcox.
4: <laughs> and
1: words worth hearing, pal. Yes, but
3: Mr. Wilcox, what about the talking horse your uncle went after?
1: Yeah, what about that? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the farmer took Uncle Big Top to see the talking horse, and Uncle Big Top asked him if he'd like to join the circus. Asked the horse?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: The horse turned him down. <laughs> Said he'd rather stay on the farm, where all the buildings had Reynolds lifetime aluminum roofing inside. That's what the horse said, huh? Well, those weren't his exact words. Uncle Big Top said, Would you like to join the circus? And the horse said, Nay.
4: So long now.
2: should have asked Junior to come along with us and meet my old pal Fred, you know what I Yes,
3: they might have a lot to talk about. Yeah. If Fred is interested in aluminum. Otherwise, they'd be dead. Yeah.
2: Old Fred and I always helped each other. Like the time we were on the same bill with a strong man called Powerful Percy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Used to wrap crowbars around his Adam's apple and bite off three cents worth of a sixpenny nail. <laughs>
3: And you got mixed up with this gorilla?
2: Yeah, his wife worked with him, you see. A cute little trick that wore black silk stockings practically up to her
4: shoulders.
2: (laughs) And handed him the nails to chew, see. Fred sort of flirted with her.
4: Uh Mm
2: Uh-oh. One night, powerful Percy come prancing into our dressing room and took a poke at Fred. Buster, I said, you made a bad mistake. You do that again and you'll wind up on a slab.
3: You said that to the strong man?
2: No, to Fred.
3: (laughs) That was
2: after I took him to the hospital. I figured that was the most helpful advice a friend could give.
3: Hold it, dearie. Let's see who this is. Come in. Hello, Ole. Well, good yes.
2: afternoon. Hello, missus. And the same to you, McGee. Hi, Ole. We're leaving in a minute. You want to go down and meet a train with us, boy?
6: No, thanks. And I told you once before, McGee, don't call me boy.
4: <laughs> okay,
6: I forgot. Boys, it's just kids with pants on, and these ain't kids' pants. <laughs> okay. When you call a fella a boy, it means you think he's childish. Okay. So cut it out, boy.
3: <laughs>
6: all right, all right, I will.
3: Holly, we're going down to meet an old friend of his this afternoon, a man he was in De Vaudeville with.
6: Yeah. Oh, is that the fella that you and him had a water act together from Star Wars in Illinois, McGee?
3: <laughs> Star
6: Rock,
2: Illinois. Oh, I, I knew it was someplace close to hunger. <laughs> Ah, old Fred Nittany, the greatest pal a guy ever had. There was nothing I and old Fred wouldn't do for each other, and we done it all the time. That friendship
6: is a very good thing, McGee. I had a friend like that when I was a kid in Sweden. Oh? Olsen, his name was. He was
3: Swedish. Sounds like he might
6: be. That boy was my bosomest friend, Mrs. Me and him smoked our first cigarettes together. Mm. Olsen got those little black cigarettes with a strong tobacco, you know, that, uh, uh... Turkish? No, he was Swedish, McGee. (laughs) Olsen is a Swedish name, yeah. I know. We played our first game of pool together. You know, Olsen, he could hit the ball and roll it backwards. He put that stuff on it that reverse, uh, uh, reverse, uh... English? No, he was Swedish, McGee. (laughs) Olsen is a Swedish name.
3: Yes, we
6: know, Olsen. I remember one time his uncle sent Olsen a penny from America... Not the uh, Lincoln Penny, it was that other kind, that uh, uh... Indian head? No, he was Swedish head and <laughs> You see, Olsen, it's
3: a Swedish name. We know.
6: Well, whatever happened to him, Molly?
3: are you still friends?
6: No, we always shared everything we had, missus, and I I guess we overdid it. Overdid it? When I first met my missus, I showed her to my friend Olsen. He took one look at her and he says, Fine by me, we'll marry the girl. Uh-huh. That was the end of that, and this is the end of this. So long, don't oh, you?
4: So <laughs>
1: Winter Wonderland. Over the ground lies a blanket of white. A heaven of diamonds
4: shines in the night. Two hearts are thrilled in spite of the chill and the weather. Hey girls, ring, are you listening? In the land, the snow is glistening. say are you married, we'll say no ma'am, but you can do the job when you're in town, later on, we'll conspire, as we dream by the fire. We're happy tonight
3: Station, McGee. Always so excited.
2: It's exciting today, kid. Away oh, till you meet my pal, old
3: friend. I can hardly. Me
2: and him fought all the time we worked together, but boy, the fun we had. We were younger then, you know, kind of impulsive. Yeah. Funny when you get older, you look back at all the silly things you fought about when you were young.
5: Attention, please. Train number 17, the milkman,
6: man, now leaving on track two for east whistful vista, west wistful vista, north whistful vista, south whistful vista, and whistful
2: vista. <laughs> No, Fred gets in on number 12, the cinder bucket. Gee, Molly, I'll never forget the night we broke up that act, just on account of a little disagreement.
3: Disagreement?
2: Yeah, we were juggling Indian clubs, and Fred let one slip through his fingers. It clobbered a patron in the third row, and old Fred claimed I did it.
3: Tried to blame you? Yeah. I hope you didn't hold still for
2: that. Hold still? I was all over that stage like sawdust. <laughs> oh, no. Me and old Fred had a running fist fight, and the audience got such a bang out of it, the manager wanted us to throw out the juggling and just do the fight every night.
4: <laughs>
3: ah, there's no business like show business. <laughs> so
2: I quit and let Fred do the act alone after that. I went back to our dressing room, packed my shirt,
4: <laughs>
2: buttered Fred's Indian clubs, and left. <laughs> Uh There's nothing like a well-buttered Indian club to louse up a juggling act. I tell
3: you, you are thinking every minute. Attention,
2: please.
6: All passengers waiting for train number seven to come in. You can go now. It left.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Say, McGee, hadn't we better check the information window and see if his train is on time because of its late? I'm
2: just one jump ahead of you, Tootsie. Window's right here.
3: Hey,
4: Bud,
2: you the information clerk? Yes, I am, sir. What information do you have for me? (laughs) I haven't gotten any any information for you, Bud I come here to ask you something
3: Yes, a friend is coming in today, sir
2: Oh, well, hello there, baby (laughs) I didn't see you there behind the gum machine
4: (laughs) Move
2: back, sir You're in the lady's way Oh, excuse me, lady I didn't realize Oh,
4: you mean her Well, don't worry
2: about her, Bud She's all right She certainly is all right (laughs) Ah, yes you down here to meet somebody, honey?
3: Well, uh, yes. <laughs> An old friend. Uh... They're coming
2: to visit you, eh? Well, say now, when your friend gets here, baby, I'll close up this window and you and I'll show her the town. What? Hey, now wait. I'll get Lester the baggage buster for your friend, baby. Huh? And the four of us will take in Chinatown. I know a little chop suey joint that serves the greatest bean sprout waffles you ever tasted. Oh! <laughs>
4: darn minute, Buster. My wife and I came down
3: here to
2: meet a train. Well, run back to your wife and stop bothering this little lady here. <laughs> well, we've got plans to make, haven't we, honey? You
3: stop calling me, honey. I'm married. What?
4: To him, my husband.
3: Yes, my wife. Gad, my mistake. Good day. Hey.
2: Hey. Hey. Oh, come on, Molly. We'll find the train ourselves.
3: Look down that way, Gate 7. Lots of people coming out there. Oh, that's it. That's Fred's train. The cinder bucket. Come on. Ah,
2: what a reunion this is going to be. McGee and Nittany. The greatest vaudeville act that ever...
3: Watch played. for him now. Uh, do you think you'll know him after all these years? Know
2: him? Me? Huh. Know my old pal, old Fred Nittany? I could pick him up with my eyes shut out of 500 guys wearing black suits in the bottom of a coal mine at midnight. How? Send, send. Send. <laughs> Old Fred loves sense.
3: Hey, there he is, Molly. Ah, good old Fred, my pal, Fred boy. Never old pal. Yeah. As the guy said when he picked out the spot for the Oculus shop, what a sight for
4: sore eyes. Yeah. <laughs> ah, good old Fred. <laughs> Give me some skin, boy. <laughs> <At> me man. <laughs> Long time no see, pal.
2: I haven't got much time between trains, pal. Is that clock right up there on the wall? Yep, it's right up there on
3: the wall. <laughs>
4: We used to murder
2: him with that one in East St. Louis. Oh, yeah, that's a good clock, boy. Runs eight days without winding.
3: How long will it run if you wind it?
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, I completely forgot my manners, Molly. I want you to meet old Fred Nittany, the guy that I and him had us of vaudeville
3: Yes, yeah, so how do you do? I'm sure.
2: Glad to meet you, Mrs. McGee. Old Fib always did have an eye for a pretty girl. <laughs> Just the little pigeon used to meet after the show the on the way to table. Now,
4: about that.
2: Sure, great to see you, Fred, old man. You know,
3: I've heard a lot about you, Mr. Nittany. Yeah,
2: great. Hey, remember the night we were playing the benefit at the Masonic Temple, and you fell through the bass drum? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: and remember the Liberty Theater in Cedar Rapids the night oh. we were the closing act? Yeah. The curtain stuck and wouldn't come down, and we stood there and sung 23 choruses if it ain't gonna rain no more.
4: <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> that was just before we
3: we broke up the act.
2: yeah. Yeah. That was silly, wasn't it, Fred? Busting up over nothing. Sure was. I missed you, pal.
3: He's missed you, too, Mr. Nittany. He talks about you. All the time.
2: Yep, I shouldn't have got sore just because you dropped an Indian club, old pal. <laughs> dropped an Indian club? Me? Yeah. I'm sorry, pal. If you think back, you'll remember that you're the guy who fumbled the Indian club, old pal.
4: <laughs> <laughs> ah,
2: it's been a long time, Fred, <laughs> old right. pal. But don't you remember how it happened? You let the club slip through your fingers and then picked a fight with me. Then and his said... memory's a little faulty, Mrs. McGee. Mm. He's getting older, I guess. <laughs> what happened was he dropped an Indian club and hit a customer. No, 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 no. You, you, you dropped the club, Fred. You always were a little butterfinger. Me butterfinger. Now look, McGee. We might as well get this straight for your wife here.
3: Oh, I don't really care, Mr. Nipper. Well, I, I already told her how it
2: happened. You dropped the club, Buster. You dropped the club, stupid. But, oh no! Don't call me a liar. Well, You're trying to start something. What do you mean? Don't put your hands on me, no, no.
3: worry, All right, stupid. I'll poke you right in the nose. Oh, cool. I'll, I'll poke you right in the nose. Ah! Ah!
1: in a moment. Everybody knows that one of the most essential materials for our national defense is aluminum. Aluminum for all our planes, for a thousand parts of tanks and trucks, for bazooka barrels and pontoon bridges, and radar towers. Military uses multiply, and at the same time, civilian uses grow even faster. Manufacturers know that almost any kind of durable goods is made better with light, strong, rust-proof aluminum. So it's good to know that in this year of 1953, two great new Reynolds plants will go into production. The production capacity of the Reynolds Metals Company will be stepped up to 829 million pounds, nearly three times the total output of the whole USA before World War II. More and more Reynolds Aluminum for windows, gutters, roofing, siding, for all the products that aluminum makes better. That's the New Year's Progress Report of the Reynolds Metals Company. Pioneers of Progress through aluminum.
2: So the judge said five bucks apiece for disorderly conduct, and I paid the fines with my last $10 bill.
3: You paid them both?
2: Yeah, well, Fred was short of cash, so he gave me this check for his five, and I took him down to the train. Well, that isn't his name on that check, McGee. Oh, Fred explained that to me. He's involved in some kind of a lawsuit now, so he keeps his bank account under a phony name. Joe Gump. The name is. See the signature?
3: Yes. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. G O.
2: Joe.
3: J U M P.
2: Hey, wait a minute. Joe jump. Yes. <laughs> ah, good old Fred. Good night.
3: Good night, all. <laughs>
1: metals company, pioneers of progress through aluminum, brings you Fibber McGee and Molly each week at this time. Reynolds Aluminum also brings you Mr. Peepers, starring Wally Cox, on NBC television Sunday nights. See your local paper for Time and Channel, and don't forget to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night.
6: Tonight, play Two for the Money with Herb Schreiner.